I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. All right, everybody, it's Saturday, April 18th, 2020. My name is Dan Broskell, joined, as always, by my good friend Dave Geller, and a special guest, Dave, who I will let you introduce to the, uh, to the listening audience today. I'm going to um, call her Jen. Call um, her Jen. <laughs> my extremely, my extreme, not to get trite, but my extremely better half. And, uh, All right. Jen, her, bo- bo- yes. Jen Toll of the of the main tolls, and now Jen Toll Geller. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having you, me. I'm excited. You come up, I would say, pretty regularly on the pod, as I'm sure you've heard. Oh, I take that as things. a compliment. Yeah, so we, we've covered a lot of sort of fitness and yoga angles. We covered the the shed of Tom Toll in Aurora with the raven inscribed and the raven looking all, at you in the outhouse, which I really enjoyed. I think, I think, you, I think you have to true. qualify. It wasn't a shed. It was an outhouse. Outhouse. <laughs> my my you know, mistake. Shed. I shed. said I said shed, but I meant outhouse. <laughs> you were so, thinking no, outhouse. So our thinking today, Jen, to have Let's not say like, that all people in Maine have a shed now, okay? No, just <laughs> some. Just some. I mean, that the higher up you go in latitude, the more sheds there are per capita. Is that fair? That is true, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, we want to definitely, we want to dive down the main angle a fair amount with you, Jen. But, like, well, that'll be natural, not force. Is that fair? Fair, fair. All right, so... Um, you know, over, over the course of the last couple of months, we've had a lot of folks on, Jen. Uh, you know, Dave and I are particularly interested in things, including education and medicine, but also sort of fitness and healthy living. Um, so if you could sort of roll through your experience, and we can rewind the clock a couple of years, like growing up, what sports did you play? How that lead into your first sort of career? And then what are you doing now? So you can acquaint uh, our listeners with your story. All right. So... Born and raised in Auburn, Maine. She was born in a shed. <laughs> uh, as was Dave. We're both from Auburn, Maine. Wait, Dave. And... Were you, I'm sorry, Dave. Were you born in Maine or were you born in Mass? Born in Maine, Lewiston, Maine. Yeah. And Jen, you yeah. too. Home of Lu- home of Lewiston vodka. <laughs> yeah, Jen was born in Lewiston as well. That's I think. Yeah. yeah. Same That's hospital. Yeah. Same hospital. There's probably only one big hospital there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, like I actually looked, I, I looked across from my bassinet. My warming table, and I saw Jen in her diaper. Anyway, we're gonna keep looking. Auburn, going. Maine, the yeah. big city for uh, for Maine. You know, a yep. lot of other towns came to our high school. We had a pretty big high school. Yep. Um, I have two older brothers. My dad, big, huge athlete. My mom, super sporty. So sports was always just what we did. Kind of, we always watched sports. We always did sports. Um, so I played a lot of sports as a kid. My dad was a tennis coach and a ski coach. So, um, I did both those sports when I was in, I guess my first thing that I really started loving, I used to run a lot. I used to be a competitive cross country skier. So I would run all year round. This is from like middle school because up in Maine, there wasn't that much to do. So a lot of us skied. So it was not hard to be, um, so to kind of jump into those shoes because there wasn't that much else to do. So mm-hmm. we would actually take the bus. <laughs> we would take the bus after school out to this little rinky-dink mountain called Lost Valley. And that's what we did. We'd spend hours out there like skiing. And that was the social life for Auburn, Maine. Yep. Anyway, so I, um, I had to choose when I got to high school. I had to choose whether I wanted to keep racing um, alpine or cross country because it was kind of getting harder to do both. So I chose cross country. So I nice, ran nice. all the time. I would run all year round just to get in shape for the cross country ski season. So that was my first love. Um, wow. Yeah, it was Wait, so, so, you, so, you, so you grew up in Auburn. Dave, did you grow up in Auburn or you grew up in Lewiston? I grew up in Auburn. Okay, just checking. So same so, side so of the yeah. river. The right yeah, side same, the river. same size of the Andrew Scoggin, exactly. So um, Jen's, being a little, Jen's being a little humble as usual. So yeah. she was a multi-sport athlete in high school and, and all through her life. She played, she can correct me if I'm wrong, she played um, field hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, you skied, cross country mm-hmm. skied, and she played tennis. Um, and did you run track as well? I did run. That was, ni- that was like ninth grade, but you, ra- you played tennis. No, I, actually, I used to. I was kind of good at tennis because my dad was a tennis coach, 
And so all summer long, because he was also a high school math teacher. So all summer long, he would just teach tennis. Yep. So I would yep. go with him. I would spend every day just playing tennis. So I got kind of good at tennis. And then the minute I got to high school, I said, Dad, I think I'm going to run track. <laughs> and he said, you could see his face go, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, the first betrayal. <laughs> but, then I said, but then I had knee surgery at one point. So then I couldn't run. So then I had to go back and play tennis. And they yep. wanted me to play singles. And I said, I really want to play doubles. Doubles is way more fun. And yeah, anyway, yeah. I really like like the team sport i liked that camaraderie and i liked i liked that a lot when and when did um when did david geller enter the picture for you john geller so we met in the ninth grade because in auburn at that time because it was a pretty big um school system the ninth grade was actually separate yep. so all the ninth graders went to one school it was called walton and then the rest of the high schoolers went to high school so when, uh, yeah. sophomores juniors and seniors so we met in the ninth grade wow and yeah, we became really good friends, and he was really funny, and I liked him, and he made me laugh. And we were friends all through high school, yeah. And we didn't start dating until, like, senior year. Um, so did you, did you start dating before no, or after? End of senior year. Hold on. So did you, did you start dating before or after he flew down to Boston in the Cessna for the Prince concert? Oh, yeah. That was great. Wait. So that was senior year um, in high so school. So you guys were already dating when you took the plane ride to So Mr. Toll listens to this podcast. <laughs> Um, you know, we weren't officially dating. We were friends. I was in the wooing stage. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. We landed in Hans- at Hanscap Air Force, Hanscap Air Force Base. Yeah, kind of funny. And two other friends came with us too. Yeah, so that that sealed the deal. Once you once you took the, the plan to Hanscom, you knew the day was the guy. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about you think stuff now, right? These prom proposals and oh, these other stuff. Ridiculous. To, to someone, ridiculous. right? Like you got to think. I mean. You, I, I can't even say I was that I was that um, ahead of the game or that conniving or that smart. I mean, like, I, I really want to take this girl to Prince, so I'm going to get some Prince tickets, and my dad's going to fly us down to Cessna. <laughs> that may work, you know. I didn't, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. Um, well, you know, I think that you, both Jen and I both know you, Dave, and you're pretty impulsive. So I don't think you planned out too much. Like, oh, let's just do this because exactly. I want to, and that's kind of probably how it went down. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's funny yeah. because Jen and I always talk about how well you should go to, should go to Stop and Shop in Bedford and you know try to you know get the best price on something. But yeah, what is it? What is you know do this and do that very impulsively as as a couple too? I think you know some some big items. I think that Jen is a little bit more rational and thoughtful than you are when it comes to decisions. I'm curious how Jen evaluates some of your whimsical impulsivities, which happen probably pretty regularly. So, Jen, do you want to weigh in on that before you go? To well, you know, like, Dave, it's, it's, a, it's says, a good balance. You're, right? not, you're not rolling your eyes, are you? Because I'll be like, what, are you kidding me? Like, come on. But, you know, but that's part of his charm. Like, but he does, like, all those decisions he does out of, you know. His heart's like, in the right place. His heart is in the right place, right. Like, if it's something for one of our daughters, he has no qualms about, you know, one time Jossie had this boyfriend and he was from Washington, D.C. She really wanted to bring him to the prom, so. <laughs> He came to the prom. We drove all night long. I remember His that story. Graduation was the next day. We drove for ten hours through the night to get, to get him. him back, just so we well, could go. You know, to the prom. I remember that story only because Dave asked me if I wanted to drive with him, and I said yes, and then never asked me again. And he brought you. I'm like, you brought your <laughs> wife and not me. Like, how dare you? <laughs> I, I, I always say, like, I want to be that guy. Right? I want to yeah, be that guy that's true. Calls, they'll, they'll step up. And you actually, I know you would have done that, you know, but it was a, that, that was a, 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 a husband-wife thing that we needed to do. And thank <laughs> yeah. God Jen, Jen did it, because I, I lasted for, like, what, like two hours, and you drove yeah. the rest of the, she drove the, 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 rest the, of the, the, the other seven, right? Oh, yeah, I've yeah, done I've done that drive in the middle of the night from from uh, from Bedford to D.C., and it's not great, especially when you, like, you're rolling to the Beltway at rush hour. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so we, we were smart though, because we we left we left was it was a was a Newburyport or somewhere. We left there like at ten at night. So okay, we, so a little ahead of it. What's, yeah. that, what's that famous tunnel in New York City, right? That you go through. Um, the tunnel was, in New York. Well, it's a big. It's 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 it's. You went over a bridge, dude, in New York. Over the you bridge, yeah. Whatever it was, but there was no traffic. It was like because yeah. it was the middle of the night, you know. I well, was, it's, I like, was it's like it's like driving anywhere now. There's just no traffic anywhere. You know exactly anywhere. right. Yeah. So then, Jen, so you you graduated from ELHS. Uh, yeah. You went off to Springfield College, and then I did. I did. Yeah. Stayed, stayed in touch with with your good friend Dave Geller through those years. Right. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Someone yeah. someone so, wrote someone wrote his um his future wife a letter every day, if not twice a day, for the so, first year. Yeah. 
of, of, of college, freshman year. Brandeis. Yeah, this is a funny story, actually, because I went to Springfield because I was from Maine. You know, I didn't want to go to a big school. I wanted to be a physical therapist. And I also wanted to play sports. So I went to Springfield because it was perfect. It had AstroTurf and it, it had physical therapy. So I was sold. It was the only place I applied. It was the only place I wanted to go. And it was perfect. I loved every minute of it. And Dave at the time was at Brandeis. And so at Springfield, because it was so small, we had to share our mailboxes with another person from Springfield. So I had my box mate was this guy named Brett Torrey, and he was on the football team. The cool thing about Springfield was that everybody, it was um, it was Division Three and everything except field hockey at the time. But So everybody pretty much played a sport. So it was cool because everyone, you know, so you just had that community. And um, anyway, so my box mate, his name was Brett Torrey, and he was this huge football player. And I was so shy and so, like, scared to talk to him. And every day, Dave would send me a letter, and he has terrible penmanship because he skipped <laughs> second grade. He skipped second grade. year <laughs> of right. penmanship. So he's really, his penmanship is very bad. <laughs> Yeah, and that's so the reason. Day, in the second grade, huge football sucks. player would say, "Hi, Jen." I say, "Hi, Brett." He'd say, "You got another letter," and I say, "Oh, okay, thanks." And he would say, "Do you have a little brother?" Because <laughs> 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 oh, rich. So bad. He thought like some little boy. Was where was uh, where was Big Brett from? Do you remember? I don't know. I never talked to him except for like, "Hi." You were just too scared. Hey. Yeah. But when I see that guy, I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind <laughs> and uh, and a handwriting sample. Well, a, a side note to this is that Brandeis, my registered, my the, the head array of our dorm, uh, Shapiro dorm, right at Brandeis, yeah. was James Hicks. So James Hicks used to give me stamps every day, two stamps a day, to send them to my girlfriend. Um, because he <laughs> gave you a stamp. He gave me stamps because he got stamps as a registered advisor, as as a as advisor at Brandeis. It's like a handout. Of, what is this stamp? Yes, anyways, he gave me stamps. <laughs> but but you know who James Hicks? James Hicks ended up being the chief of police at Bedford. In Bedford. Yeah, that was James Hicks. Get out of here. One day I was jogging through town in in um. I see, I see this. I see, I see this. I see this big guy that I recognize. I'm like I'm like Hicksy. Is that That's... you, like, Geller? Like what are you doing here? He goes. Such a good story. Like what are you doing here? I'm a pediatrician. We're both oh like, my goodness, that's crazy. an amazing story. Now he's in Natick, right? He went from Beverly Hills. Great guy. Natick, what a right? great guy. He played basketball at Brandeis too. Oh my goodness, a, that's an incredible. That's an incredible moment. My, my freshman year RA actually ended up playing a really key role in uh, me and Elizabeth getting together because when Elizabeth was a Jew, was a sophomore, she was Elizabeth's RA. And when we first met, we both kind of like sounded out the RA, like, "Hey, like, what do you know about?" Elizabeth, hey, what do you know about Dan? So kind of facilitated that little uh, situation great. 21 years ago at the end of this oh. month as our meeting anniversary. So shout out to the Brandeis RAs who hook, hook up their residents. Wow. We should, we should get those two together. Stephanie is a doctor and I think has a couple of kids. So I think there's probably a generational gap there for about 30 years. But, you know, who knows? Um. So, continue the story, Jenny. Jen, Jen What's that? Jen does Springfield playing field hockey and lacrosse. Right? Yeah. And then she's like, hey, I'm going to be a physical therapist. And I got this guy, Dave Geller. And, and then what happened next? So, then, so at Springfield at the time, you, it was a master's program to get your physical therapy degree. So, I was there. So, Dave was at Brandeis for four years. I was at Springfield for four years. I got my bachelor's of science, but it wasn't in anything. Yep. So we had the ceremony, but then two weeks later, we had to go back. We had a summer session, and then we had a yep. whole other year um, yep. to therapy school. So then that's when Dave got into BU Medical School. So then yep. he was already at BU Med when I got my master's. So then I said to my two um, friends, hey, because they had already met Dave because we've been dating all through college. I said, hey, I'm going to go, you know, be close to Dave. Do you guys want to come? So my good friends, Nancy and Lynn, came with me, and we moved to Brighton. And we both, we all got jobs as physical therapists. All right. Yeah, actually, I mean, not to interject too much, you know, but because Jen played, you know, field hockey as Springfield was D1 at the time. Yeah. It's interesting because she just played lacrosse there and she never played lacrosse. Like when we grew up, right? There wasn't even lacrosse. You never even held a lacrosse mm-hmm. stick. You never knew what, what it was. No, we didn't have that in but they But they had a lacrosse team at Springfield, a D1 team, right? And you no, had, that was D3. D3. Yeah. But you ended we up, were terrible. <laughs> but the only reason why I probably made that team was because the assistant field hockey coach was a grad student. She was the head coach of lacrosse. 
Sure. So she knew that there was a bunch of us that at least yep. could run, yep. you know, and because the, at that time, the, the rules of, of women's lacrosse was if the ball goes out of bounds, the person who's closest to the the <laughs> line gets the ball. Has so she literally put it. me on the wing and she said, Jen, I couldn't catch her throat to save my life. Jen, run when you go get the ball, like run so that you, we get possession after that. We were terrible, oh terrible. But there was like five of us that had never played before and, you know, we just picked it up, but we had so much fun. The reason I bring that up is, not only is the kid who's like always enamored by gender for the ability, but it's you know she played lacrosse for the first time in college, right? And all the, it, it is it's just a statement on you know it's okay to start late with a sport, right? Right. You know, right. Other people, other people late. do that too. You know, it's not unheard of. So it, yep. is, it wasn't that. I mean, it was if you know how to play a team sport, you know, you know the positions, you know the the whole teamwork thing. You know, it was sure. really sure. just learning how to catch and throw, which I never really got good at anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> And then you went in this multi-year arc of, of running a ton of marathons and doing physical therapy. So what was that all about? Yeah. So then, let's see. So all through Springfield, I just kept running because I like to run. That always was like my grounding thing. And whenever an exam season would come by, I would run a lot because it would, you know, I would just, you know, I would tell my friends I'll be back in a couple hours, blah, blah, blah. So then I said, oh, I wonder if I could ever run a marathon. So then the first, I said, I'm going to try. So the first, so then I stopped playing lacrosse actually my senior year because I wanted to try to see if I could train for a marathon. So I ran my first marathon then. And um, it wasn't that hard for me because I had been running my whole life getting shaped for ski season. So if anything, like running was almost like a cop-out. It was the easiest exercise for my body because it wasn't hard for me to run. I could run forever. I was easy, you know, like you can train yourself to run. You just, you know, if your body can keep up you really can it's so much more of a mental thing than a physical thing so that's when I fell in love with that and then that first marathon I ran was pretty hard you were there right yeah and um it was <laughs> called Mount Tom or the it was, Mount, it was in Holyoke the Holyoke Marathon yeah, 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 yeah. It was really hilly and my parents were there my family Dave was there with his friend and anyway so I ran pretty well and um I qualified for Boston then so then I was like wow that wasn't so hard so then I started so then I ran marathons for a long time I would train and I would run like two a year I'd usually run one that would qualify me for the next Boston so I ran I did that for like 10 years so I kept running Boston and kept running like a different marathon throughout the year until like till yeah and then my body started to kind of break down I have really bad feet I had to have bunionectomies anyway blah 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 but I did that for a long time and I really really loved it so how many marathons did you run Jen it's like more than 20 right Close yeah, to 30. probably close to 30. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of miles. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've run two. Oh. Dave, you've run one, right? I mean, I it's just the, one, the amount of time still... it takes. I'm like, I'm not so interested in it. Oh, I miss it so much. What were the two ones that you ran, Dan? I did the uh, Hyannis Marathon in uh, February, too. March of <laughs> four, perhaps. I did Vermont. Oh, Burling- I love Vermont. Burlington in... It was like Memorial Day of 06. That was my favorite one. Yeah, I mean, it was nice. It was a really warm day in Burlington. So I trained probably way too much. So I probably peaked like in my last training run. So day of, it was like too warm. I went out too fast. So I came home like in a time which I was like, okay about, but I expected to do probably about 20 minutes better. Um, But I'm not complaining. Like I I don't miss running that much all the time. So I probably have mar- more marathons than me if I ever felt like dedicating the time to it. But I'm not starved yeah. to go out there and train and train and train and do it. But I was super proud of Dave when he pulled off Boston a couple of years ago. So that was me pretty too. Awesome. Pretty me awesome. Too. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So um, in, in your career as a physical therapist, Jen, I mean, how, how did that, where did you work? What kind of stuff are you dealing with? Regular sports injuries? What kind of clientele did you have? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I went to, I went into it thinking I would work with athletes because that was what I, you know, I knew I'd had surgeries. I'd had physical therapy. I thought, Ooh, this is, it, this is for me. I love it. I love it. So I thought I'd work with athletes. And then as I got further along in my career and I started working with athletes I, it was so frustrating and I, I you know I was right there with them but I was like no you can't you need like it was so frustrating because it was so hard for them to stop it was so hard yep. for them to rest it was so hard yep. for them to you know take advice and anyway so um I didn't end up going down that um route but then I ended up I really liked working with like this older population I loved working in a hospital I loved being on a team and having grand rounds and having the OT and the PT and all the people like trying to get what other people need and I loved that um 
I didn't really like the therapy of that so much because it wasn't so challenging as to what the people really needed. So I worked in a hospital setting for a little bit and then I went into like a private practice and started doing more manual therapy, which that was my true love, like, um, like all kinds of different manual techniques. And then I kind of, so then I worked at different um, outpatient places doing like sports and all kinds of different physical therapy, but all manual, like manual techniques. And then I started doing more kind of mind body techniques like myofascial release or craniosacral. And I worked a lot with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And then I got into, so I did that for a long time. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And then I got into um, um, obstetrics. I did a lot of work with pregnant women for a bunch of years. Yeah. Um, yeah and I had, I met a friend, Paul, Paul Amorcino. Yeah. So we worked at this private practice together in Wellesley for a bunch of years. And uh, we were great physical therapists. He's a great physical therapist. And we were really good people. And we worked so hard. And um, the management at that time was not very nice. And we kind of didn't get treated very nicely. So he left. And then I had Hannah. I had Dave and I were married. And we had Hannah. And I went to go back to work. And Anyway, so then Paul said, you've got to come work with me because I'm, I'm working in this best place ever. So then I went to work in this other place. And then one of our other friends who also was working there, his name is Mike Mulrennan. So the three of us were all working in this um, physical therapy outpatient clinic. And then Mike Mulrennan went out on his own. And then, and then we all just kind of like one by one, we yeah. kind of all joined him. And then he, Mike Mulrennan is an unbelievable person anyway so he started Mulrennan physical therapy and then he branched off and he had all these different um practices yeah i mean Jen, jen's i mean jen's involved like jen's work with some um, major uh, awesome people in the pt world we paul Amorcino. interesting actually enough is his brother joe is um the sports guy on wh on oh yeah. yeah yeah for sure yep. yeah paul's an amazing guy amazing pt amazing guy like you would just love to spend time with him You've got Mike Morenin, who worked with Jen, and another guy, Matt, Matt McManus, who we may have on at some point, too. Um, who are just these, these guys are just not only, they're amazing people, amazing. And Jen is part of this group. You know, to me, like this, this, um, uh, this is higher level of PTs. And you know, Matt, Matt and Mike, and Mike had this vision, and he started, he left this group that they were at, and Matt and Jen and, you know, went with him. Yeah, and, first, it was like Mike and Matt, and they worked so hard. And they just worked with integrity and skill and they built themselves up. And then one by one, we just all like when they were ready, we like, can we come with you? Because we need to be with you because you guys are just so amazing. We want to be part of what you have built. And Jen stayed with us for a while. They evolved from arena physical therapy to Bay State Wellness Center to ProX physical therapy. And then when Madison came into our lives and we talked about before, Jen said, you know, I'm going to kind of go back a little bit. Jen was working so hard to work. Um, and then when Madison came in, you know, it's a favorite thing with, with uh, two older girls. And, and then when Madison came into our lives, Jen said, you know, I need to take a break and be more with Madison. And that's when, you know, she kind of stepped back and she then segued into this whole yoga thing that she's been doing now. Yeah, so. but, but before yoga, I think I think Joanne Racino, if I'm not mistaken, um, went to a wedding and Christina Aguilera was his wedding date. <laughs> so we, were, we were actually at Paul Amorcino's wedding. And we met Joe Amorcino, but he was date was that was so not the what wedding. I, what I want you to do, uh, Jen, is see if Jen I remember that because he was on sports radio, I think, for a while, and told that story. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how did that? And this is going back probably 15 years. So we so will, what just, we can do, do is we can have we can have that's in fact true. We can have Paul and Jen on, and, and uh, that would be fun. Yeah. Let, let's let's see if if that's true. I want the brother on. To tell the story about Joe going to the wedding with Christina. No, Paul, we'll get Paul on. Paul would, Paul would yeah. eat that right up. Oh, yeah. So let, let's, so go ahead and find, see if I'm right. And then you'd be like, wow, Dan, how the hell did you know that? Um, <laughs> so th th around this time of your life, Jensen, I was getting really close to their husband. And then I sort of watched you as you got into yoga um, and went through the incredible amount of training that it takes to, to become a yoga instructor. And as Dave and I have talked about, like, we go to your classes. And I'm just blown away by uh, how great it is, how different it feels. So, you know, just a quick description of like, you know, what, what did that process feel like to you? Um, what, how is that work differently fulfilling to you now? 
yeah. uh, and have you adapted that work to the era of social distancing and quarantine? Yeah, yeah, great, great questions. Yeah. So Madison, so we decided to start fostering. So Madison came into our family. So yeah. that's when I stopped doing physical therapy. And then Hannah went to college and Jocelyn decided she wanted to ride horses for a little bit. So then there was all this money kind of going out the window. And then and you I bought, bought, a, and then you bought a horse, remember, right? A <laughs> bit, bought a horse, way. bought a restaurant. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. <laughs> so at that time I was doing yoga, but I wasn't doing it a lot because it was kind of expensive. So I would do my own home practice and I would take care of Maddie and I would go to Lexington Power Yoga whenever I could. And then when all this money was really going out the window, um, oh, I know what it was, because Hannah used to have a little desk shift at Lexington Tower Yoga. And if you run the desk, if you help run the desk, then you get free yoga. Yep. So then when Hannah went to college, she said, Mom, you really should do this. And I said, you're right. So it took me a lot of courage to get to write up the email. And I said, I would love to do this. And so I was the desk person for like a year. I worked Tuesday mornings from 8.30 to 1.30 every Tuesday morning. And then I got to take yoga a lot. And I got to take Lorraine to duty. She's the manager. Of, I got to always take her 12 o'clock class because she always taught at 12 o'clock. So I was doing a lot more yoga and I just loved it. It was just this really, it was easy for me to segue. And at that time I wasn't, I couldn't really run that much because my body started to break down. Um, so the yoga gave me this other physical outlet, which was awesome. And it also, and I started to realize that yoga was more than just physical. When I first started doing yoga, I went to Baptiste with my friend, Amy Minuti brought me there. And um, I thought, oh, this is great. Cause it was really hard. It was really sweaty and it was really competitive. And I'm a super competitive person. So it was perfect for me. So I did that for a while, but then it was hard to get to. I just want to mention that Jen and I almost broke up when we were dating in high school because we got in a huge argument over playing Nerf ping pong who was right and who was wrong and who was in and who was out. And literally, I'm not joking, we almost broke up. <laughs> well, anyway, that, and then, um, that's how competitive she is. So, I was, who was right? Were you right or was she right? Dave? I mean, I'm going to say that Dave Sassano, a good friend, we, we somehow we should drag him into this mess. Um, I, I'm i going to say Jen was right, but it okay. was that's, not, that's the right answer. <laughs> not a good one. Anyways, go on, sorry. Then, so I did Baron Baptiste yoga for a little while, and then it got hard to get to. And then this place called Sana opened up in Newburn, um, by where the that toy store used to be in that little mall where Whole Foods did. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Yeah. yeah. No. Anyway, so I did that for a little while, and then I would still go in and out. And then yeah. Lexington Power Yoga opened up, and when I first started going there, that's when I first it was the first time I took yoga, and nobody cared. Nobody cared if I, like, there was no competition there. It was just this other kind of yoga. And I, and I couldn't believe it. And everyone was so just nice. And the people were just so lovely. And I just, I loved being there. And I loved working the desk. And I loved, like, getting, being part of that community. And then we had, Maddie came into our life. We were fostering Maddie. And then. You know, I think I really wanted to wound. Learn to be a yoga instructor. Yeah, and I and I, I came home one day and I said, you know, someday you guys, I, I think I'd like to take the teacher training and I'd like to teach yoga because I think I could, you know, help people that way and get to them that way. Since I wasn't doing physical therapy anymore, I want to be able to affect people in the same way that I did when I was a physical therapist. So I came home and I said, you know, one day, guys, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do that teacher training. And Dave said it, Hannah said it, Jocelyn said it. Just do it now, Mom. What do you Yeah, waiting? always do it right away. Yep, for sure. Yeah, they said, just do it. And I said, well, you know, maybe I'll wait till Maddie's a little older. And they said, when's it going to get easier? Just do it. So I literally emailed Lorraine. It was like a Wednesday. And the teacher training was like starting like maybe a week and a half. And I said, hi. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And she wrote back like capital letters, J-E-N, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes, please come. And Amazing. it changed my life. It changed my Amazing. life. Amazing. And what Jen, what Jen brought to um, as a therapist, of course, being a parent, a mom, to me, she brings, there's one thing about doing your trade well. You know, when we talk about her colleagues like Mike and Matt and Paul, but it's also doing your trade, you know, above and beyond and having that personal connection. And I mean, physical therapy, for example, is not just all about the manual therapy. It's about that connection. It's about that support for the person. 
you know, and what we, what you and I do really, right? It's, 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 it goes above beyond the simple, simple stuff. And what she brings to yoga, of course, just kind of um, extracts that from who she is and what she does and augments her even more. And, and um, I mean, you've been, you, you've been to some of her classes, right? Like, I mean, it's, it goes beyond poses, you know, I mean, there's all these different levels of, of um, yoga, which I don't even, I'm not even aware of because I've only done mostly Jen's classes <laughs> next to you. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's been an amazing ride, you know, what she's done. But that's because when I'm doing yoga, it's an amazing place like that, you know, we, yoga is many, many levels and many, you know, and it's why it's, you're always learning you're always getting better you're always like you can dip into different levels at any time but at Lexington Power Yoga it's just a really really nice community it's a safe yeah, community yeah. and it's not you know it's more than just you know it's more than just going through these poses or sequences it's sure. just way more than that and there's support there and um incredible it's real deal and I feel very fortunate and humble that's and great I mean, it's, so I, I know what it would look like and feel like probably for me to become you know quote better at yoga unquote so is there room for you to grow in in like the practice of yoga or now that you're an instructor like you can explore and create on your own i just don't know what kind of autonomy you have and what the trajectory is from once you've reached this level can you describe that for a second so for me um luckily because i was a physical therapist i talked all the time and i was yep. always trying to educate people you know let's try this let's try this yep. you know whatever it was so for me the talking part of it um so for me yoga was another way to to get at people and hopefully have them have a positive experience and my whole goal was that they would move in a way that they would feel comfortable for them they would feel empowered they would feel you know they would just feel better when they left, whether it was physically or mentally or whatever it was they needed on that day. I wanted to create a class that would make all kinds of different people for whatever they were coming for. I wanted them to get an experience. They would feel better when they left and that like, okay, here I am. I'm safe. I feel great. I'm supported. I'm strong. Whatever it is they needed. I, that That's always my goal. And, um, you know, there's a ton of yoga teachers out there there's a ton of great yoga teachers out there and I think we're always just learning and we're always kind of digging deeper or just coming in at different levels like I'm a way different teacher than I was and I haven't even been teaching that long but when I first started I mean obviously like the physical part is so important to me because I, I've had a lot of injuries so I want to make sure that no one is going to be doing anything to an extreme there's no need to go deeper there's need to, there's no need to go to this full expression we just need to move in a really safe in a supportive way so that you, like almost like to me the like yoga is about like creating this flow so we're going to move and we're also going to breathe and those kind of things might connect in a way so that you get this flow so that you get this mind ability to kind of clear and to just make space for yourself and so the movements are almost secondary but they're important for me to do well and to make sure that people are doing them correctly so that they can do them for the rest of their lives because if you do like you th people think oh well, yoga it's so easy how can you get injured if you're doing a pose and something is a little bit wrong or something is like like a little bit torsioned or you're putting a little bit more pressure on your hip you can't do that a hundred million times because you're going to get injured so for me, it's always about like less is more. So let's find a pose and let's find a place where your muscles are supporting you in that pose and then stay there and build your strength and stay with your breath and just slow it down. And here you are. And then we're going to build and we're going to make a flow. We might tie some poses together to make a sequence. So you really feel like this empowerment and this ability to move and control yourself. And it just deeps, it just dips you into another level of yeah. Um, yeah, it's just. Are there are there common yoga injuries? Yeah, there's a lot of common yoga but, injuries. So what, so what does that look like? You know, do so you know, the, strain the or pro muscles of the yoga arm, is, you know? Well, the in, in the industry of yoga is changing a lot, and Lexington Power Yoga is at the. They are like at the front. They're learning all the time. Like they are the. We are always learning from other people. We're always talking about stuff with amongst ourselves. Like we're teasing things out. Like we're all okay. How can we do this? What about this? Um, so we're always trying to make it safer. So, um, for example, there used to be like a lot of shoulder injuries. It used to be like, if you go 
like vinyasa yoga is a style of yoga that's kind of athletic and it's flowy and there's this one part that transitions between different poses called a vinyasa and you go from like a high push-up or a plank and then you go to a low Mm push-up and then you do like an upward facing dog or a cobra Mm-hmm. And you end up back and down facing dog like that is quote unquote called vinyasa. So we used to like do those and then like string a bunch of different poses around that. And the vinyasa would be like our transition. And we'd always be back to that. And that's how I started doing yoga. Like you do like 30 of those in a class, you know, and then you some other poses along the way. And then you do vinyasa and you chaturanga, you little push up and you come back. So there was a lot of shoulder injuries because it's hard to do that low push up correctly. If you're not strong enough, if you're have your, your body alignment is a little different and you're next to somebody who's doing differently you think like you have to be in the same position as them so there's a lot of shoulder injuries there's a lot of hip joint injuries because again you think like you see this pose on instagram or in magazines and you think oh that's what that pose is supposed to be but in actuality like election of power we say there is no end there is no right position for that pose the pose yeah, is how yeah. your body wants to take it yeah. so don't take your instruction from don't you. don't take your instruction from instagram yoga people that's a pretty right. fair point you know right so we're they, all they might about, look good like, but that's not your body <laughs> right so if i'm teaching a class and i'm in a and i'm you know whatever cueing a pose and everyone in the class is doing a different version of it that makes me feel so proud because people are taking a posture and they're making it their own yeah. And I really feel like in all the teachers at Lexington Power Yoga, that's where they're coming from. I mean, Interesting. I went yoga right then, and I was like face down, heaving in a pool of sweat. <laughs> and Jim was like, great pose, man. <laughs> yeah. Jen's really supportive. And I'm like, I'm the worst. Like the last time I was at yoga, which is, the, which is funny to Jen, it was a Saturday before lockdown. And as you know, that class was really, really full. <laughs> and I'm like, is this really a good decision that we're doing this today? You know, but we did. Uh, but there was a guy next to me who was like, I'm guessing he was like 26 and like jacked and shirtless. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, like don't Wait, that was next- me. Don't there was <laughs> you not- just said hi, Dave. Like, don't don't stand next to me and breathe so richly. Like, come on, you're making me look bad. <laughs> but you see all types, and you, you see like the the folks who clearly have been doing this for a long time. Right. Folks right. who take it seriously. The the weekend warriors, you know, that, that I would say I am, some of these moms that come at six in the morning religiously so i mean come one come all and i think jen in my experience you do a really good job of supporting everyone and just being hey like whatever you can do go and do but what 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 i've been commenting on in this age of everybody working out at home um is that i mean I, i really can't replicate anything about that room experience in my living room you know it's really hard to be like hey it's it's not hot i don't have my cucumber lavender towel waiting for me at the end I don't have Jen reminding me how great I am. And the stretches feel (laughs) twice as hard just on my own as opposed to sort of done communally. And to me, it's a great metaphor to like the religious experience and Judaism in particular, which is supposed to be celebrated communally and it's hard to do individually. And yoga as a spiritual practice and as a physical practice is probably the same way. It just feels a lot harder when you're not surrounded by the right kind of, you know, milieu, for lack of a better term. So how are you bridging the gap now between isolation and practice? So, you know, I'm looking at this time as a pause, as a temporary time. And um, I feel the Zooming, the technology gives us at least a way to, to connect with people. You know, you can see them, they can see you, you can unmute, we can talk, you can answer any questions. So it's not perfect, but it does give a way for people to keep practicing and to feel like, you know, a sense of community because they can see, oh, look at all these other people that are here. They're not with me in the same space, but we're all taking the same class together. So if you can kind of give into that, like we are still kind of together, we're still moving together. Um, yeah, it's better than I thought it was going to be for sure. Like I was very nervous and the learning curve, um, but it does feel like a way to connect. And, and one of the downsides to me, it's been amazing. But one of the downsides is for me, not that I've done that many times, um, but is you're missing I mean, the connection's amazing. So that's the positive, right? But you are missing the heat, right? Yeah, that's right, one thing, right, right. And, those, and you're missing the, um, the music, 
Jen's got some. I mean, yeah, Jen, that's true. I love both, the Jen soundtrack. Both, yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, that's yeah. you know, both um, um, classes with and without music, but some of her playlists are amazing. I won't get into this, could be the next podcast when she's on again, but just the uh, emotional, um, you know, stuff that happens when you're in the room with Jen or someone yeah. else with not only the, the her presence but the music. Um, yeah, so those are those are yeah. a couple of things, but yeah, but I have given my like my oh, oh, Spotify and, and those towels you mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> but I have given my Spotify account, which is public. You know, I've tried to email people that I know, you know, like, I'm like here, use my playlist, you know, because I use an iPad usually, and I can't like for me to play music at the same time, it gets really disappointed. So, but I keep it away. But yeah. there is some good parts that are coming from it too, like, um, like a home practice, like. People who some people only do yoga as a home practice. They only practice in their home. And though, and I read a study recently where people who do yoga at home they get injured way less. So they're actually probably moving within their own boundaries, maybe a little bit better. There's not they don't get they're not getting this other stimulus from other people, or they're yep. not making themselves. Oh, maybe I should look like that, or maybe yep. I should be going at this pace. So it's kind of nice to have that opportunity to have a home practice because it's if, if you've never done it before, it's kind of nice to kind of get into your own yoga yourself and then you and then hopefully when this is all said and done and we get back to the studio again like people will just have their yoga and they'll maybe have tweaked it a little bit because they've been practicing by themselves in their yep. home for a while but i mean you I mean you allude to dan about you know the um like like um the religious part of this whole thing which is another segue with i think with jen does and being in a room with her or any other great yoga teacher but you think about like, what do you need to be in a room with other people doing yoga like you know do you build off that or mm -hmm. jen's you know, or do or is it a negative for you it's very interesting to think about the guy next to you jacked up that was me um you know who you know, in, in, in terms of like when I'm in a, when I'm in a, a, a you know with one of Jen's classes and like the, the, the person next to me is like doing this amazing pose and I'm just barely getting into it. You know, I'm I'm yep. trying to reach that. I'm trying to look good. I know I'm in the front or the back. And like, is it better to be is it better to be on your own at home? You know, if you had the music and you had the heat, I'm just going to those two things. And you had those amazing lavender towels you put in everybody's eyes after after the thing whatever it is do we need that communal thing which we probably do right there's so we're all just we're all just looking for now that that touch that that connection you know that that human presence but i just am interested yeah. in where this will go the thing that i well, miss the most about not being in the studio is that after the class is done like I kind of know or I kind of get this feeling where I feel like I've done a good job where everyone is just there and nobody's really moving yet. They just want to stay, you know, and so you just say you just stay and you're just present with them and stuff comes up. And then so that's the piece that I, I miss the most, because at the end of these Zoom classes, I'll say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let's unmute. And if anyone has any questions or feedbacks, anybody want to talk about anything, but people are, you know, they're kind of. Like there isn't that sense of of community, and that's when I notice it the most is at the end of the class because that's oftentimes when people will stay and talk or ask a question or something will come up and just kind of hang out and just kind of after that yoga, you know, that you're in that yoga place and you mm. feel good, and I'm just gonna stay for a little while, you know. Yeah, I mean, hold hold on to that feeling. I mean, there's a whole psychology out there about timelessness and what it feels like to really lose oneself and not notice the amount of effort you're investing in it and feeling the kind of satisfaction at the end they see you know kids who love just practicing sports or being in plays and they can they can literally do it forever and not want to leave versus sort of mm. doing math and, and not wondering you know just can't wait to get out of there so i've been there yoga when like that last 10 minutes hits i could lie on that floor with a cucumber <laughs> lavender towel over my eyes for an hour and listen to flashlight play in the version that you have jen and be like i'm fine right here and I don't need to leave, you know. Um, yeah. But also, I mean, I'm going back a few seconds. I mean, I also know what it feels like to look around the room and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to try to do that, or I'm gonna feel like a loser." And that's probably not a healthy way to pressure oneself, and not super supportive. Right. So when I'm right. watching, you know, when I'm listening to David Landis's breath and being like, "Am I making a mistake by not breathing the same way?" Right? Or I'm looking at the very limber 25-year-old girl next to me and like, "Oh." Is that what it should look like? Because I just can't do it, and I'm 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 smart enough to not push myself too hard, but I can recognize why sometimes you know you might push yourself a little bit too much. Um, yeah. But John, my, my, one of my last questions, I'm just wondering, you know, because you, you've now gone through a full arc of you know super competitive athlete to 
tending to injury to yoga. And those, I would say they're, they're similar, but they're all really distinct. So what balance do you strike now between, I mean, I see that you're running a lot, you know, on the battle road and putting out miles. So how much are you balancing aerobic and physical and weight and yoga and, and like, what's a healthy balance for you and, and what's a healthy balance for someone like me, you know? Um, so like for me, I can't really run. I can actually run a little bit now. I haven't been able to run for like yep. a year. I had some knee surgery so I can run a little bit, which feels great just to be outside. Yep. Um, so I guess I, I like to exercise every day. Like Dave and I both like to exercise every day. So we just kind of fit that in whenever we can between Maddie and, you know, our lives. So I do like to exercise every day. We have, you know, whether it's at the gym or whether I go out on the trail, I like to do yoga. I can do yoga. You know, I do yoga. You know, I don't do yoga probably as much now that I'm teaching, but I can get the same benefit from teaching. You know, I try, I should, that would be like, if I could do a little bit more yoga and take, you know, Linda's and Lorraine's and Jen Murray and Jillian's classes, that would be great for me. So that will happen, you know, when, when I have more time. Um, yeah, so I exercise as much as I can and do some yoga and teach. And it's great. It's a great balance. It's a great balance. Do you run in place like yeah. your husband does? I don't run in place. <laughs> do you watch do you watch <laughs> yeah. them run in place and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, as soon as she's finished, she's back out of the driveway to go somewhere in the morning and I'm running in place. I kind of pretend I'm not running in place. I'm just taking out the recyclables, although it's yeah, for half not, an hour in the same spot, watching my phone on the dashboard, you know. But we both like, did like that P90X stuff for a while, and that totally was the stuff that kind of like did my body in. Like I could keep <laughs> up with it, like physically I could keep up with it, but that's you know I had to like that killed my foot, you know. So I've learned now. I'm old, and I've been through a lot. My body's been through a lot, so now I'm much more, you know, I can run, but I'm gonna stop because if I run a little bit more, that's probably gonna be too much, and I sure. can, you know. And I try to lift weights more now because it's more supportive of my joints. So it's just always ever changing, just like any kind of, you know, just kind of going in and out and things coming waves. And... I mean, my, my question to your to our friend from Israel, Barack, right, was about um, like you know, someone like Jen who's been beating up on her body since middle school, yep. you know, and loving it and the toll the toll took on her body. Although she's she's reinvented herself and keeps on going, you know. To someone who like myself who started much later in life. I mean, I was I was athletic in high school, but I didn't really start like running with you really, right? Until much later in life, and, and how that affects your body. And uh, but also on the side, the other thing is how much people like you, me, Jen, just you know, so many of our friends. I could I can list them off, especially many Bedford, Lexington residents, right, who just desire to stay active in some way and, and they reach that point you need something that gives you that fulfillment of hey i exercise today that's yoga or it's jogging in place or it's you going for that run you know it's so many people or, or, or a friend tara right who's been running in the pool at, at times right um just, we need that we need and that's maybe that's that's you know that's what we need for our body or for our minds to stay healthy you know and, yeah. and jen's jen's doing that on two sides one the yoga is keeping her going and keeping her running again. She's running again. Um, but also her desire as a physical therapist to help to continue to serve people, you know, to, to help them stay healthy and, and to heal themselves. That's her yoga side. You know, so it's, it's, I think it's a very interesting conversation that we're having you and I. Do you guys ever argue about something that Jen thinks is right about the body and physiology and Dave's like, you're wrong because that's not medically sound or vice versa? We have discussions. I mean, when Jen was, I mean, Jen, Jen's, Jen's, um, I, I cut her off. I didn't even give her a chance to answer, but Jen, you know, who was trained, I always say in the office, Jen, Jen was trained in, you know, re, like really manual orthopedic sports physical therapy. And then yeah. she kind of segued into this craniosacral and myofascial release, which is, which, which was years ago, was very nebulous. And we would have these discussions. Now it's much, I think it's much more um, respected and regarded in the field. And, we have these discussions about what she was doing and what I was thinking, of course, trained in, you know, you know is it, is it my Eastern, Western medicine? Um, yeah, Western. Western. Yeah. And she, a minute we started talking yeah, about yeah. it. She, yeah, you know, there was a while we couldn't even communicate about it because he wasn't on that level. He was so A plus B equals C. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Oh, just D, you know, like I was so. Like, oh, and we would get into the. We, we would just have to shut oh it down. I can tell you, as one time, 
give me a specific, give me a specific example. I'll give you a specific about what happened is when, when I was in when I was in medical school, there were my buddies, right? Chris Godak, Mark Doherty, Joe, um, who we'll hopefully hopefully have on here sometime. Um, and I was studying for my boards and I had the worst headache of my entire life. I, mean, I, I would have thought that something was growing in my brain, you know, that shouldn't be there. And Easy. Jen's like, <laughs> yeah. And Jen is, I know, and Jen is um, like, let me just do some um, therapy on you. Like, no, 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 no. Use some therapy on you. And anyway, she did some cranial sacral therapy on me, which at that point was very, by this, she learned it from John Upledger, who was, um, you know, at the time, um, you know, not, not regarded well, uh, a PT out of Florida, um, not really held well by, you know, you know, the medical community. And she did some therapy on me. And, and I am the most, I'm as, I like to think of myself as very um, impartial, you know, and, and I was like, this is not going to help me at all. And I can tell you that in five minutes, that headache went away. And I, I you know, and I, and I, to this day, I'll tell people, you know, whether or not I believe in it, um, whether, which is, I don't say that anymore, but whether or not I, we know about it, that's just possibly our ignorance in, in the medical community is if it works and it's safe, it's, it's, it's applicable. And we are, you know, you know, Jen's been through acupuncture and chiropractic, you know, treatments um, by a great guy in Bedford, um, Bedford Chiropractic. Um, and she's a physical therapist. And, you know, she has this huge um, background from sports and athletics and yoga and, and you go on. And we have, and so I've learned, you know, I, she educated me, you know, in that if you have to be, you know, what we don't know, you know, it, it might. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. So, um, so yeah, those conversations hopefully don't happen anymore. Yeah. It's interesting. When I was a physical therapist, I learned along the way that there was so you could do. There was so many ways to skin a cat, right? So you there was there's all these treatment modalities out there, and you just have to find the right one for the certain person or for that certain. Um, so I learned then that there was just a lot of ways that you could treat a certain injury and they all might work, but they just all might be a little bit different. And the same is true for yoga. Like you can go to yoga, you can stay in child's pose the whole practice and still get the same benefit from yoga as somebody who's doing all the physical stuff. So like that mindset for me as a physical therapist should just be open to, okay, well, this might work or this might work or well, what does that feel like? Or maybe this person needs this. Like, I think that same mentality is so true for yoga because one, how one person practices is perfect for them, and it should be very different for the person next to them on their mat. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, Jen, on a separate note, wh what are you watching? Oh, I just started a new show on Netflix called Community, and it's funny. It's about – have you watched it? Uh, Jen yeah. Monroe was dropping Community uh, to us on Monday, actually. Yeah, yeah I just started it. I nice. Yeah. Funny, it's good. It keeps my attention. It's funny. The acting okay. is good. Yeah, good. good. Dave, yeah. Have you, Dave, have you finished Ozark season three yet? I haven't. St I just I, I started watching it two in the morning, and after that first five minutes of the of the um, have you started watching yet? I finished season three this morning. Oh no, I'm so behind. Yeah, no, you got to watch it. Dude. That first five minutes of the episode it was two in the oh, morning. The first like, five minutes of episode one are insane. No, I, I can't agree. watch this because I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I, first of all, I mean, the whole season is really on edge, like really so super tense. And um, like, go ahead and finish so we can talk about it, please. And okay, uh, okay. little known fact, little known fact is that I gathered, you know, Ruth. Yes. Okay, so Ruth's mom is Israeli and she is Jewish. I thought you were gonna say that you went to the prom with her or something. I did no. not. No, no, no. That's not the story. But, but didn't you? But didn't you go to? Didn't you go to the prom or something with like um, somebody from Wicked? Uh, not prom. That is not you, at all true. That is not at all true. So I think there's some there's some relationship truth there. We'll go. We'll dig. Yeah, that's that. that's a, a pod for a separate time. It wasn't um, Idina Mazel, but it was someone else. Good. So. Um, no, so I'm so yeah, so I'm never, never cross paths. I'm sorry. And then I started so found I, to see, I started found a season three this morning, two episodes in. Unbelievable is the first two. So of course, keep watching that, everybody. It's really incredible. So I'm all in. But Ozark season three, I mean, I highly recommended it. As as with the first two seasons, Dave, you're gonna love it if you love the first two. 
Well, let's not forget who turned you on to it, but I will watch oh, it. Dave, it was you. It was you. Well, oh, Tom, it was me. You know, but it's interesting. But it's, like, Fowder was made for people like you. You know, I mean, you have this great connection, you know, with, with Israel. And, and well, and, you and, could not have a connection to Israel and still be like, that show is unbelievable because. Yeah, I started, really I've, I've watched it. I, I, oh, I'm so, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and finish up three and then probably watch all of them again because it's that. Um, it's that great. The one thing which is funny about Fowder is that the episodes range from like 30 minutes to an hour and anywhere in between. So you can't just be like, oh, it's a 30 minute investment or a 45 minute investment or a 60. So, uh, you know, just to dig in and enjoy because it's, uh, again, that's so much also, it's, it goes from zero to 60 right away and it stays at 60 the whole time. Um, we had this so, conversation with yeah. Jim Monroe. Like, I'm stuck right now between Stranger Things, yeah. Ozark, Tiger yeah. King. Balancing. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so that that's that story, and um, what else can tell you guys both? Uh, you know, it snowed here today, April eighteenth snowstorm, no problem, only an inch. Um, so we're gonna go on a hike actually post dinner, which is great. Got takeout today for the oh. second time during the closure, so got some flatbread, which was really really good. We enjoyed that. And uh, you guys hiking? Like, well, we're gonna you... like something something local around here because it's getting kind of late. So we'll go to the. You know, to the local woods um but we're gonna crack the 100 mile hiking threshold probably monday from uh from coronation because we're just all every day it's like hey we walking hey we hiking we going again and if the closure's extended like we might all need to invest in some new uh, hiking boots because we're just killing yeah. killing that's it. awesome it's good i try to get maddie out every day too it makes me so much happier just to get out and well seeing jen and maddie great meadows feels like a year ago was pretty awesome i you know, know right a lot of fun, and, and and on that western trail that nobody goes on because uh, people think it dead ends. It doesn't. You can take that road all the way down to the old North Bridge going west. Yeah, so, uh, that's check the next that thing out. We're park there and go I mean, just the just like Pat Riley um, copyrighted a three piece. You're going to copyright Coronation? Is that already done? Is that gone? No, I don't. I don't need the attention, and I'm sure someone else thought of it too. How does that sound? <laughs> one of us. One of us needs the attention, Dan, but not you, I guess. Well, listen, we, so, we got a whole lot. Of, we got so, a whole so lot of pods people, coming up, so that's plenty of attention for me. We're gonna have some rocking pods. It's gonna be a pod. I don't know. I can't think of a word. Podtastic. But we're sitting here. We're sitting here watching you on Skype right now, and we're, we're, and Jen is just enamored by your blondie, not the brownie, <laughs> but your hair. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's filling in. So if I if I redo it, I mean, we'll make it go. You know, I mean, we the thing is, we use the same color for James and for me, and James's hair was lighter, so his went like. He's so blonde. And mine kind of got half orangey. It's almost like, and I'm sorry, like there's a thing where like um, middle-aged Israeli women put red in their hair, and it turns into this like strange like burnt chestnut fake red situation. So that's like my hair when I tried to lighten it without the right kind of strength. So it's a sort of half-assed orange yeah, yeah. rust. So I, I could go ahead and like apply the peroxide like we did back in at Brandeis. And then so, that, if, if this if this closure is extended, like that's the next step for me. So, um, I, so I like everybody before, watch before, it. before we started the podcast officially, like Jen was commenting on your hair and she referred to you as, as a new kids on the block and you were offended because you want <laughs> – you wanted to be um all right well listen we we were all around for new kids right new kids was not i mean it was a boy band but it really it was like no 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 it was like no listen new kids was like dorchester white t-shirts like guys that worked out and like had boston accents that's not a boy band with bleached hair even backstreet boys were like a little bit classier and a little more brooding Nobody there was blonde except for that one guy. But NSYNC really was like, hey, look at my hair. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bleachy, bleachy blondie. And I like them all. Actually didn't love New Kids that much. I was a little bit young for that. But I was definitely a Backstreet fan. Okay, uh, I think, and NSYNC, you know, Al- less so. I, I think Joe Alper somehow has some connection with one of the... Um... I think Joel Alper was actually in New Kids on the Block. <laughs> Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, and uh, and Joel. He was like, right? he was like the fifth, the fifth Rolling Stone, right? They, or the fifth Beatle. They oh, kind no, of... that was new. That was new edition. Sorry, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky. Maybe maybe new Joel edition. was a new edition. Nice. Or Bell, cool Bell, Biv, DeVoe, Alper. That was the fifth. And fourth, <laughs> the fourth BBDA, and they dropped him after uh, <laughs> the boy from Lexington. His SAT scores were too high. They kicked him out of the band. Easy. BBD, you know, Bevel DeVoe lives on, by the way, as you probably saw. If you watched um, if you watched Grease Live when it was on Fox a couple years ago, BBD had a little cameo there as the huh. Rydell uh, hip-hop folks. And uh, 
an excellent TV adaptation of Grease, by the so way, it, which, it we, was, which it, we own. Yeah, it was like it was like a, it wasn't Shanana, right? From the old days, it was. It was BBD, but that, that, that me, that was like Vanessa Hudgens and uh, Aaron Tveit and some other folks, Kiki Palmer, excellent. If you like, if you like plays done on television, it was the best one yet. So check out Grease Lock if you haven't done many, so. Haven't seen many movies that we've I liked. Yeah, they've all sucked, but yeah, but then Jesse J did like the Grease song. It was really, really good. So uh, worth a shot. All right, Gellers, well, listen, I, w- I wish you a great night up uh, up on the lake in Maine. Um, Dave, we're gonna loop back and record some more stuff probably when you're up there. Can't wait. uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, stay distant, and um, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Dan. Jen, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskell and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.